Welcome back to the Self-Love Fitness Project podcast where we are redefining what it means to be fit. We're making a lot of changes in our brand and the content that we produce, so bear with us as there's going to be many changes coming soon. For now, we're going to give you this incredible episode that we just recorded with our client, Kelsey, and with a guest speaker, June Fuchs. It was an incredible conversation about boundaries, and we couldn't wait till we did this rebrand to share it with you. So for now, we will give you this episode. Please enjoy. Take some notes. I took a ton and enjoy this because this is a, a, a usually an episode that we would give just to our clients or paying clients, but we're putting it on the podcast today to spread the message about setting boundaries because my goodness was it valuable. So without further ado, let's hop in and enjoy. Fine, we made it. Look at that. Hello, uh, June. Thanks for getting on, man. Good morning. Nice. Yes. You're nice welcome. To you. I keep forgetting it's still morning for you guys because it's like it's seven o'clock at night for me. So I keep forgetting that it's morning for you. So you guys say good morning. I'm like, it's nighttime. What are you talking about? You're like, about? I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, uh, June, because it's morning, has all this energy, even though he's like this all the time. Um, June, if you wouldn't mind giving an introduction. I hate, I hate record, by the way. I'd like to get right into it because it's, it's 8.05 here and it's five minutes into our call time. I'd like to get into it, but June, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, brother, and uh, we've hit record, and I was telling this to Kelsey as well, we were going to take this and put that on our, on our podcast as well, so anything that you're not comfortable sharing with for the world to see, then maybe hold it back, uh, but other than that, uh, let it rip, brother. Oh, beautiful. Well, first of all, thank you, and there's nothing I am not comfortable with sharing, so I'm just going to shoot you with awesome. everything I've got. Um, so my name is June Fuchs. I live on Bali. We've met on Bali. I grew up in Switzerland and I currently work as a holistic and mental health coach, meaning that I help people with their uh, holistic and mental health. So I help them get out of depression and anxiety to deal with stress, to deal with feelings like fear, like overthinking, stuff like that. And um, I base all of that really on my personal life experience, which I have been walking through over the past five years. Now, also a thing that I find really important to mention here, especially because I'm in a male body and I'm speaking here, is that I identify as queer, uh, pansexual, gay, and liquid. So a little bit of everything. And um, one topic I'm going to be talking about here is also masculine and feminine energy, which I consider myself a balanced embodiment of. So basically, I am... I'm a fairy tale and a unicorn all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I believe that that's um that's that's enough about me. Yeah. I surf, I practice yoga and breath work, and I do keynote speeches like these because I just love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you for the introduction, brother. It's so nice to feel your energy again. Um Definitely feeling um, feeling the, the the unicorn vibes from you this morning. No question there. <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. So if you wouldn't mind getting in, I, I told Kelsey you'd be talking about setting boundaries and the importance of that. It's something that honestly I'm still learning that I I've yet to master that I work on mastering because every time I set a boundary, it feels really good, and people usually respect it too. And I think that's a common fear is that people will not respect you or that people will be angry with you if you set a boundary or say no or say how you really feel. And there's like this fear around losing love from people, at least in my life, when I've heard from others around setting boundaries. So if you could share, June, a little bit 
on the importance of setting boundaries and also how to set boundaries without like ruining, like cutting ties with people or like how to do it in a nice way, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one thing that just comes up for me when you said the word fear, there's the fear around not being loved when we set boundaries and when we communicate them in whatever way. Um, I just want to go into fear for a second. Yeah. So fear is a very low vibrational emotion. And one question that I ask myself every time when fear comes up, regardless what situation it, it has been triggering or it triggered fear for me, is that I ask myself, do I want fear to choose over the decision that I make right now? Do I want fear to control me not setting my boundaries? And the answer, of course, is always no. So from there on, it makes it way easier for me to set and communicate a boundary in the first place. And um, so when it comes to setting boundaries, it, it's really funny because over the past one and a half years, I've been on a really big roller coaster, especially when it comes to friendships and relationships, which is where most of us struggle setting boundaries because of the closer the people are to us, the more scared we are to, to piss them off, right? Am I allowed to swear? Hell yeah. We swear all Good. the time. Good. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're scared we're to... <laughs> anyway we we are scared to piss them off right and that that again comes back to to the emotion of fear and what the fuck does has fear to do with with um, a loving relationship or a loving friendship so get fear out of that and um <laughs> and setting boundaries for me came in many different little facets over the past one and a half years. And I'm going to focus mainly on the relationships because I believe that relationships in our current culture often are um, given a bit more depth, which I don't resonate with that much anymore because for me also friendships uh, have a lot of depth by now, right? So every friendship is also a relationship because I'm related to that person in a hundred and many more ways. And Coming back to like my story, I've had a huge, huge drama breakup with my ex-partner uh, over a year ago. And that basically, the huge drama broke out because I was keeping on violating my own boundaries by, first of all, not making them clear enough to myself. So this oh. is the, this is like the first step that I had to understand is like, holy shit, I don't even know what my boundaries are. So I need to clarify them in order to actually communicate them properly. Because when boundaries are communicated properly, they tend to land exactly where they need to land, which is in the space of acceptance. Hey, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I accept your boundaries. And I like that you communicate them with me. That's what we want to hear when we tell our boundaries to someone. At least I hope that's uh, what we want to hear. <laughs> And so I had to realize, shit, I need to, I need to create more clarity around this. How am I going to do this? So I picked up pen and paper and I filled about these many journals just on clarifying not only my boundaries, but like what I want in life and what I don't want in life. And that's over the past year. Wow. So I was like, holy shit, I, I really got to dive into this and set that clear in order to communicate it in a way that it lands, as I said before. Mm. And once those words are on paper, they're 
not only on paper, they are becoming more of an embodiment of myself as well, because I'm not sure if we are all aware of this, so I'm going to say it. Our thoughts create our reality. Our words do the same. And our words are actually even more powerful because it is proven that our brain believes what it sees, hears, feels, and experiences. So our brain believes what it hears. Our brain believes what it hears. And that's that's now a new superpower of all of us. Now that we know that we can speak words, even though we don't believe them in our brains yet, we can speak them consistently, write them consistently, to make us see them consistently in order to start believing them. And then we become the embodiment of our values, which includes the boundaries. Because right? boundaries are always value-based. Like, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. I value this, that's why I want to have it in my life. And I don't value this, that's why I don't want to have it in my life. Does that make sense so far? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Kelsey, unless you have any questions, keep rocking and rolling, June. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty straightforward right now. So I'm drinking cacao. That makes me become straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's one question I would like uh, to ask the both of you, and it is who violates our boundaries in your perception? Like, who, who does that? I, I can take it first. Uh, all right, Kelsey, Kelsey, you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, for me, like from my perspective, it's myself personally. Um, does most of the, like the stepping over that boundary, like I've said it for myself, but like you said, sometimes we don't make it clear to ourselves what our boundaries are. So you overstep them and then you look and you're like, wait a minute, mm -hmm. what just happened here? So I think like for me, it, it comes from within first. Like that's, that's the biggest thing. It's not necessarily somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. And uh, it's funny though, you know, in, in the moment of me not setting a boundary, I start to get that feeling of fuck, I should have set a boundary. And it's like, almost, it's like I'm so deep in the not setting the boundary point. Uh, and I, I start, <laughs> I honestly start to resent the person or the situation because I'm sorry, my mind's starting to change. Like, oh, it's their fault. They should be leaving my place. I shouldn't, I should, I, you know, but the truth is, is that I should have said something when it came up at first, as opposed to letting it build to this point where it's like, it's on, where it's so far gone that it makes it very difficult to deal with. So I, I totally believe it is totally on, on myself to set the boundary. And I'm the one that violates my own boundaries because I, I could just walk up and leave or I could, I could do a number of things. But in the moment, sometimes I, I notice my mind starting to resent the other person or the other situation and think that it's their fault for violating mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really cool because um most of my clients when i start working with them one-on-one -on -one, i ask them and then they're like well the others violate my boundaries i'm like yeah. okay let's look at this a little bit deeper but we don't have to because we're already aware that most cases we violate our boundaries there are very little cases when it comes to let's say physical or mental abuse on a really high level that it's very debatable on who actually violated the boundaries because let's speak the, the word rape when somebody gets raped it's really hard to be like oh i mean like i told them i don't want this and then right 
But anyway, we don't have to go into this in this session because both of us are on the page of we have the most power over or we violate our boundaries first, usually. Now, as I said before, clarifying our boundaries, I want to give you some tips that I use personally and I also give to my coaching clients on how to clarify and become more specific around the boundaries. Um, so what I use when I do write down my boundaries and when I specify them is I start with asking myself um, in, in the framework of the five senses. So coming from seeing, what do I want to see in my life? And what do I not want to see in my life? And then also uh, feeling, what like physically feeling, what things do I want to feel in my life? What things do I not want to feel in my life? These can be emotional feelings, but these can also be physical feelings. Like I, I don't want to walk barefoot on, yeah, that's a pretty dumb example, but let's roll with it. I don't want to bare, walk barefoot on spikes. Very clearly, hardly anyone wants that unless they're a guru that walks on spikes. I don't know. <laughs> but we can also go, go with that with taste. What do I want to taste in my life? What do I not want to taste in my life? What do I want to smell in my life? What do I not want to smell in my life? Like a big one for me that comes up right now when I say that it's like, I don't want to smell smoke in my life. So I really make sure that I'm still working on that because I have a little bit discomfort that when I'm in a restaurant, let's say in the outdoor section and people smoke. It like really crosses my boundaries of like, you're ruining my whole experience of eating something there. And it's up to me to set that boundary clear because you're not doing it. I'm doing it by not setting up a framework that works out for me. So when people smoke, I've gained enough clarity to go up to them and to ask them, hey, would you mind? Because I feel, and how do you feel about that? Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. I'll move a bit. Okay, cool. So I start with my senses because that's all that I take in in life, right? We can talk about five or we can talk about six senses. Connection <laughs> to the divine. <laughs> but that's, that's a tool that I use in my journaling a lot. It's like I come back to my senses. I love that, brother. I, I find as well, if I'm, if I'm ever out of the present moment or I'm like, going super fast or too fast. I know Kelsey has lots going on. She's a mom and she has a job and she has tons of stuff going on. And, and I, be, I, I felt similar feelings where I have so much going on. I, I feel like I'm lost out of the present moment, constantly thinking about what I have to do next. And, or there's thinking of the past or thinking of the future. I find something that helps me get back to my, to my senses, literally is looking at where th or five things I can see right now, four things I can hear, three things I can feel, two things I can maybe taste and one thing I can smell, something like that. And mm -hmm. by doing that, it takes maybe like two minutes or so. I find that that's such a powerful exercise to bring me back because I feel like even at a place, let's talk about boundaries for a moment. I feel like when, whenever we're in a place of being centered and we're in the present, in all areas, we make the best decisions for us. I mean, me and Kelsey talk lots about exercise and nutrition. And I feel like we make our best, best decisions when we're right there, when we're centered, when we're, when we're aligned in our truth when we're in the present moment. So I can see how for specifically setting boundaries how, like, what do I really want to feel, taste, and hear? Because it gets you aware of the present moment and what you want right now. You can make a new decision, new action. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Agree fully to that. Um, what just came up is, like, in February, <clears throat> I was visiting a uh, de-armoring retreat in North Bali, which is basically 
uh, practice, a body work practice where you have a one-on-one session with someone. And we were learning that in that retreat. It was like a eight-day retreat. And it's basically you go into the fascia and the fascia is um, like, I explain it as a, some sort of spider web, which is all over our body, all over our muscle structures and holds everything together, but also strengthens. So basically it goes through the fascia by physical touch into the muscle structure. And it goes into um, very specific spots on our body where emotions are stored. And I don't know why this just came through, but I'm going to roll with it. There's always a reason for that. <laughs> and what we were doing there. Oh, yeah. We had uh, the window of tolerance as a lesson in that retreat, the window of mm-hmm. tolerance. And as you just said, the window of tolerance can shrink or it can become wider depending how aligned we are. And when we are completely in alignment and we made sure that our boundaries are set and respected, our window of tolerance becomes bigger, which uh, relieves stress and anxiety because we can handle more things around us. But if we are not in alignment, as you said, so many things are going through. Like I, I have, I'm working with a uh, single mom at the moment in one-on-one coaching. And that's also a huge topic for her. Like, how can I be in alignment doing my job, having my child, cooking for that's- it, arranging stuff, and, you know, all of that stuff. And for her, that was also a huge topic. How can I be in alignment with my values so that my window of tolerance becomes bigger And when I get an email by the government of a new thing that I need to organize for my child, that I'm not stressed out anymore. And clarity, as said, step one, clarity. Step two, once you have clarity, communication becomes easier. And I would like to talk about the communication of boundaries for a moment, because that's uh, also a uh, a big fear point. Now, from my personal experience, when it comes to communicating boundaries the best way to do that is to to set up a um, safe space for each other to actually step into the the facilitator and set up a space which can be lunch or dinner which is a great idea or i don't know a picnic or a walk on the beach and then uh, communicate the intention of the meeting already so that you're not like oh let's just hang out but more like Let's hang out and set some intentions around boundaries so our friendship can be more clear and loving. And then once you've set up that framework and the other person is into it uh, and already agrees to talk about boundaries, you already know, oh, there's an openness to, to go into that topic together, to dive into those levels, which also means a willingness to work on the friendship or the relationship, which is beautiful if you have people that want that with you, right? So before communicating boundaries with the people around you, it's good to know that they are receptive for for um, taking a level, uh, a friendship or a relationship to that level. If they are not, yeah, then it's then it's a play. Do I want to? Do I don't want to engage with that person anymore? But if they're into it, you can have that framework set up. And what I tend to do is I tend to go one after the other. So instead of having a conversation, it's more of a a monologue of a listener and a person who talks and then swap things around. So one person goes first and is like, hey, I, I gave thoughts to my boundaries and I maybe even wrote them down. And I feel like this and this and this has happened in our friendship and relationship that I'm not in resonance with. 
and I would wish it to be different in that way. And then once that's communicated, the listener can receive, can digest, flip things around, and then the other person talks. And that's a really beautiful framework that I use and it creates so much clarity outside my journaling because it goes right into the relationship with someone else. The journaling is, a, is basically only about my own relationship with myself, right? My relationship with um, clarity around my boundaries. Mm -hmm. But yeah, setting up a communication framework, I, I think that's, that's just key. Like setting an intention before you meet someone to, to clarify yeah. the boundaries. I, I want to yeah. add something in here, June, if I could, which is, yeah, please. first of all, never heard of that idea specifically if you want to take your friendship with somebody to another level, to have a lunch, like a full lunch, just to talk about boundaries. Like these are my boundaries. What a beautiful, beautiful idea. I'm absolutely going to do that. Because right now I really have, I really have one really close friend that's Alex but I'm now meeting all these new people and some of them are starting to merge their heads into more serious relationships just as friends. And that seems such a beautiful, like what a beautiful lunch to have as far as communication and opening up to the other person and also getting some utility, not just having the value of opening up, but having the utility of communicating with each other better in a way that can grow the relationship. It just seems so, so like it makes so much sense if I really wanted to grow the relationship. And I also like that you say setting intention at the start of any meeting. That's been an absolute game changer for me. Even like I just called my mom this morning, like, hey, mom, I got 45 minutes. I have work to do. I want to I want to make sure by the end of the call that we feel love for each other. And I want to know like what's going on in your life. And anyways, yeah, and just setting the intention at the start, even though it's kind of like businessy and you know, whatever, it's, it's nice to have that because it gives you a framework to go off of where both people get the result they want. And although it's a bit scary to set that intention or to take that step, I'm noticing that it's powerful because both people seem to leave with getting more of what they wanted in the conversation to begin with. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for doing that. And I hope yeah. you feel so much love for your mom right now. I did. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do big time. She's oh. a big woman. Amazing. Amazing. Kelsey, do you have any experience with like setting up a communication framework like this or is that completely new and super helpful for you? Um, so I actually do it at work a lot without even thinking about it um, because I'm in policing. So when you interview somebody, that's it's just kind of second nature to me that when I, I start having a conversation with somebody, it's like this is this is what I want to figure out within the time that we have together. Um, and I think that's just been ingrained in my mind for so long, just being in my profession that I, like Brett said, I do with my mom. I love my mom, but she is a scatterbrain and she will talk about 3000 different things in the span of 20 minutes. And I'm like, I, I heard the first thing you said, and then the rest of it, I have no idea what you were talking about. So it's like, <laughs> I, like I do that with my mom just to kind of keep everything on track. But, uh, like I do with my daughter, I do with my husband. And I think it's just because I've been so used to it with interviewing people and everything that it's just kind of a second nature thing for me. Like, okay, this is, this is what we're going to cover today kind of thing. Like, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and then go from there. So yeah, it keeps me busy. <laughs> oh, June, are you on mute brother? I can't, or I can't seem to hear you. Kelsey, can you hear June? No, no, I lost him. 
June, June, can you can you hear us? We can't hear you, brother. Hear you anymore? Oh, there we go. Oh, there yeah. we go. Something Back. magical happened. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Back on. Um, you said before that it seems kind of businessy, yeah. and then Kelsey tells about her experience that she brings that in from work, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, what does businessy mean, right? Like it's just the belief that when we've learned something in our work life. Why shouldn't it work in our love life, in our relationship life as well? Uh, I mean, I, like I learned that. I like so the different perspective things. on yeah. it. Same. Yeah, I've learned so many things. Like back in the days, I studied graphic design and I worked as a brand designer and developer for, for different companies. And basically, so many things of visual communication that I've learned there, I could also apply to verbal communication. And so back then I thought I was only learning how to create nice brands, how to make visuals and everything. But then years later, I realized, holy shit, my overall clarity in communication, because that's what brand development is about, like create clarity and nail something, nail a logo so that it, that it communicates what the brand wants to communicate. And I realized, oh, wow, this is something that I've started doing in, in every single way I communicate that I really... Um, live in the attempt to clarify it as much as I can. So, I mean, bless work life for teaching us more than we know sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kelsey. I love that new perspective. Cause like, like we, we put so much effort into learning, like how can, we, how can I be better at work or how can I grow my business or how can I communicate better with people at work? But why not do that in our personal lives as well? I mean, it's, it's almost like a, like a mind blower in a way, even though it's so beautiful and so simple. So yeah, that's, that's really powerful, man. I'm curious, what are some things that you've learned? What are some other things you've learned from work that have helped you build your intimate relationships and your friendships? Hmm. What are some other things that I've learned from work that helped me build my friendships and relationships? So from work, specifically from my branding background. Um, definitely finding creative solutions. So, and with creative solutions, I mean uh, shifting perspectives. So like shifting perspectives in terms of, okay, when I communicate this, it can be perceived as this by a person that is in situation A in life. But when I say the exact same thing, it can be perceived 180 degrees in a different way by a person that is in situation number B, depending on their emotional and mental state of mind, for example, right? Or their cultural background. So basically mm -hmm. what I've seen is that there are quadrillions of perspectives and from um, learning to look in a customer's perspective from my work background, I also started applying that um, everybody, depending on their mental state of mind, has a different um, perception on things. So what has helped me is there to like communicate in a way that it covers as many perspectives as possible when I speak my words or when I create my visuals, right? So that when I say words that eight out of 10 people accept, uh, understand them the exact same way that I speak them and mean them instead of everybody kind of gets it in a different way 
So it brought me so much clarity when it comes to to speaking words and making them understandable for for many people. That's one thing. Another thing that came from my um, work background is when I started, I used to be super perfectionist and like I always had such a high pressure. I put such a high pressure on myself for anything that I would create, anything that I would have to create. And I realized at some point when I went into a creative shutdown about two and a half years ago, I, I didn't create for one whole year. I was burned out from work. I had bosses that wouldn't want me. I was fucking stressed out. I had like chronic headaches, which was even visible because like the, the blood vessels here would pump and people would see it. Yeah. So I, I, I was just not in a good place at all. And I had to stop completely and, and really take off. And then I remember at some point I started listening to a podcast by Connie B. Salsky. And she was all about creativity without perfectionism and authentic creating without the, the aim to making it perfect, whatever perfect means for everybody that's different. But so what I also learned is that the doing and the infusing energy is way more valuable than overthinking things and living in the attempt to make them perfect. So I, I, I kind of call it acceptance over perfectionism. So anything that I create or anything that I put out, any kind of video that I make or any kind of, of speech or like this here, I live in the attempt to make it authentic and accept whatever comes out and comes through. Maybe you've noticed sometimes I said this comes through right now and just going to speak it instead of sticking with a fixed plan um, in, in fear of messing things up. So accepting things over perfectionizing is also a huge bit that came out of my graphic design work life. And I live now in my, my holistic overall life. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, brother. I, I want to give Kelsey a chance to ask you a few questions. I mean, I, I have so many questions I'd like to ask um, because uh, I know you have an amazing, incredible experience, June, but I want to give it to Kelsey because I'd like, I'd yeah. like to get some value from you specifically. It could be about anything, Kelsey. And um, anything that you're wondering about, anything that you're curious about, June is an amazing guy to talk to about this stuff. He's been through a lot and he <laughs> knows kind of how, how the thing, things work inside of here. Um, so yeah, feel free to ask me any questions. I gotta run to the washroom right now. I'll be right back. Uh, I'll let you guys talk for 10 more minutes until quarter two, and then I'll talk with just Kelsey June for the last five and, and let you go. Thank you. Yeah. Let's shoot some questions. Let's do it. All right. Um, Brett kind of threw me on the spot on that one. Um, it hmm. can be personal like, as well, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, so you were talking about fear and, you know, having that, that different perspective on fear. Um, I find that I have a lot of that, um, because I'm very fearful of so many situations because, um, Brett and I have talked about me being, um, more of like a type A controlling personality where, um, I like to be in control of things a hundred percent of the time. And when I'm not, it scares me. So, um, just kind of, how how would I even start to set boundaries in that situation that like I how do I pull my mind away from wanting to be in control all the time and not being so afraid of it mm -hmm. great question um counter question to help me answer the question mm -hmm. the way that it serves you most 
are you aware of the facets of masculine and feminine energies inside of your being? No. Let's do a little exercise together. So okay. I'm going to I'm going to list a couple of things that fall into the specter of masculine and feminine energy or basically are just other words for masculine and feminine to help you identify where you're in a controlling and where you're in a surrender position just to bring okay. your awareness to what words you resonate with okay so okay. masculine and feminine can also mean masculine engaging or feminine surrender so you're rather on the engaging or rather on the surrender part most of the time in your engaging life. engaging okay yeah. structural or intuitive 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 okay that's more on the feminine specter of, of energy centers giving or receiving do you have a hard time yeah. like giving you're a great giver mm -hmm. huh? mm -hmm. you yeah. have a hard time like letting people give you things yeah okay 100%. that's more okay that's more on the masculine uh, energy center controlling or letting go you already said it you're very controlling right? <laughs> yes yeah and the opposite is letting go which is more on the feminine specter and goal oriented or process oriented oh it's a little of both honestly uh-huh like i'm uh -huh. kind of in the middle of that perfect so yeah it doesn't really matter actually which answers you gave because I want you to know that all of that can shift like that. Okay. Can shift like that regarding on, on where you're at in your life, what situations you're in. And because I do a lot of um, um, yin and yang balance work, so I call it basically yin and yang. Yin is the feminine, surrender, letting go energy, and the yang is the engaging, controlling, masculine energy. And what has helped me and what helps my clients is to every time when fear comes up or when control kicks in and when you don't allow yourself to let go, to create a framework for yourself where you only have to control what's happening for you. So basically when you're in a meeting, when you're in a stressful situation, when you're engaging with someone, that can look like, hold on a second, got to take a moment for myself. In a conversation, it can even be like, I got to take a breath and close your eyes. And that's so fucking weird when you think about it first, but I've tried mm -hmm. it so many times and closing my eyes in a conversation, it just works. It's like, okay, when somebody closes their eyes in a conversation, it creates a space where you can go inwards and okay. other people respect that. So funny. Like they don't, nobody has ever asked me, are you not interested in the conversation anymore? What they have asked me is like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, I'm just checking in with myself. So by setting up a space where you cut out all the outdoor, outdoor um, triggers that can happen, that can cause you fear and stress, right? You create a space where you can listen to your thoughts. We call it meditation as well. So you can drop into a meditative space. And in that space, um, you can talk to yourself. And I think that's the most powerful tool. Like my coaching mentor taught me that self-coaching is one of the most powerful tools. So basically I have a conversation with June and I'm like, okay, June, are you feeling fear? Yes, I'm feeling fear. Okay, so um, where does it come from? Well, maybe because that person just said that. 
okay, is that like, do you, do you have to stay with this? Do you have to stick with this here? Or can you let it go? No, I want to hold on to it. Okay. How about now? Uh, I don't know. Well, just take a breath then. You know, like when people coach you, I mean, like we're all, I believe we all have been in situations where we coach someone. Mm -hmm. regardless if we're a coach or not. So it's basically providing guidance by asking questions. And we all know so many questions. So <laughs> that, that could be a really powerful tool for you to help you um, figure out the core of the fear. Okay. And at some point, once you've figured it out and you've seen it, then it, it loses its power because it's not, it's not like on, on, have you say that ungraspable? Okay. Anymore, it's graspable. And you're like, okay, I, I can see where this is coming from. And then the, the end question that I always use is like, can I let go of it? Can I just let go of it for now? Okay. Yeah. And if it's a, yeah, a little bit, that's already great. If it's a fuck, okay. yeah, that's awesome. If it's <laughs> like, uh, no, nah, not yet. That's okay as well. Then you can be like, okay, I'll engage a little bit longer and check in with myself later on after the conversation in my journal. Um, I swear on journaling, by the way. I love I, it. I journal all the time. Amazing. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Kelsey's <laughs> bad, badass, badass member of this group. Um, I, I want to add on to what you said, dude. Kelsey, do your best. Do not think of a pink elephant right now. Don't think of it. Do not think of a pink elephant in your mind right now. Don't bring it up. Do not think of it. All right. Do not think of the pink elephant. So what's very likely is that you had a pink elephant pop up in your mind. And the reason why I brought this up was because like June said, when we ask a new question, we get a new answer. Can I let go of this? Our mind is directable. Our brain is directable. And we're the ones that have the command keys. So if we say pink elephant, pink elephant, your brain will populate pink elephants in your mind. If you ask, can I let go of this? Can I let not, not you must let go of this or else or anything like that. Can I let go of this? What would have to happen if I let, if I let go of it? What would that look like right now in this moment if I was able to let go of it? And your brain will give you an answer. At the same time, if we say, because um, usually what we do, we, we ask these questions unconsciously, like, oh my God, what are they thinking of me? <laughs> and that's the answer <laughs> that you get. You know? So anyway, I wanted to, to pile on to Jude and say, yeah, the mind is directable and we can direct it into a place that's a little bit more, mm, a little bit more enjoyable for our lives. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One excuse that I want to add on at the end, and I say excuse in terms of imagining you being in a situation with someone that you are not sure of if they get what you do and then they might be disrupted or freaked out or like, oh, you're doing some weird woo-woo stuff right now, or I don't know. Um, what I tell all of my clients is you can always say my coach told me to do so. My mentor <laughs> told me to do so. That works everywhere. Like every time when somebody doesn't get something, like, hold on, I need to do something. My coach told me to do so. Yeah. They're like, okay. And then you can explain later if they want to know more and maybe even refer your coach. <laughs> full, full, awesome. yeah. full permission to do anything you want. My coach told me to. <laughs> my coach told me to do it. That's, I use that at work. Do you? And my boss told me to. <laughs> like, Another I, I thing we learned from work. Wow. Yeah, right. 
there's sometimes I like I'm I'm out doing my job and then like somebody will say something and I just like write quick like come back with something and I'm like oh no I can't believe I just did that and they're like what was that about be like boss said it and they're like okay cool no problem yeah I'm like I'm like I'm gonna go sit down and have a coffee now before I get myself in trouble (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah. Uh, June, thank you so much, brother, for sharing with us today. This was highly, highly valuable. I know I got some powerful notes from this, and I hope Kelsey did. And the other ladies Absolutely. watching this in the group and on the podcast as well, thank you so much, June, for your time and sharing your energy with us. It's vibrant, brother. It's vibrant. Thank you for doing all the work you do. Thank you so much for having me. And also thank you, Kelsey, for being present here and showing up for yourself in that way. That's really dope. Yeah, we got to thank ourselves for showing up in the ways we do for ourselves. It's really essential. Absolutely. So thank you for that. Thank Bless you so you much. Mwah. So much love. <laughs>